and trains, and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. We're getting ready to have a live spectrum. What we were trying to say, you got to walk home. Walk home. Walk home. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. To reach Devin Wade with a question or comment, follow him on Twitter at Wade's Be a part of the group on Facebook by joining the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group or liking the page. Welcome to episode 36 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. I'm Devin Wade, and in this episode, we have a fun one for you. Going to run down a few headlines for you. Also, we have a We the People segment where I uh, posted a poll question on my Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page, and I'll tell you more about that in just a moment. In addition to that, I have a commentary about the goings-on in and around the NFL and this anthem chaos. It's uh, absolutely disheartening. And I'm trying to find a way that we all collectively can salvage an NFL season out of all of this chaos with politics bleeding in the sports and race and police brutality and racial injustice, all these things spilling over into the world of sports. But I have a commentary to sort of uh, add my two cents in. That's coming up and in the second half of the show. Thad O, our fantasy football expert, he will uh, break down the goings-on on the fantasy side of things, and we'll have a great discussion there. Uh, again, want to thank you guys for tuning in. And just a reminder, you can find us on iTunes, TuneIn, and SoundCloud. You can tweet me at Wade's Word, all lowercase, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D. And you can find me on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. And on that group page, I post questions uh, from time to time to get some feedback for our We the People segment. And uh, the, that'll be coming up, and I'll talk a little bit more about that. But this afternoon, for the most part, I am flying solo. Biscuit is off on assignment. I'll say that. And Eddie Robinson couldn't be here. Kalina is uh, currently in rehearsal. So I'm rolling solo with the exception of our visit with that a little bit later on. But it's time for headlines. Well, instead of uh, reading the headlines to you, I'll just sort of comment on some of the things that have happened over the last week since we've been able to come to you. One of the things that stood out before we get into the NFL thing is uh, Cam Newton went through his trials and tribulations. Again, he put his foot in his mouth. By now, you've heard him laughing at a female reporter. And we had a chance to talk about that on the local show here in Houston. And my whole thing about that is this. Cam, with great power comes great responsibility. And a lot of people really interpreted the laughter in a different way. And he even said as much, oh, I, I was surprised that she, you know, she would ask me a question about routes. Well, you know, Cam is not, he doesn't have the best reputation in dealing with the media in the first place. He's not a thoughtful guy in many regards. And a lot of people were mad that he hadn't been more social, uh, socially conscious in the past. Well, some people, you see why. They don't handle that part well. He's a football player, and sometimes we have to remind ourselves that these are football players and, and everybody's not as as socially conscious and up on current events or have the desire to interact in those uh, in those ways. And so Cam is kind of one of those guys and it's a, a situation for Cam where I don't I don't feel sorry for him in any way, but I think that there's a list and I think we we kind of know the list. 
There are three or four groups that you do not want to offend and you want to be totally conscious of what you say and how you say it about those groups. And, you know, again, in the wake of everybody seeking equality across the board, you can't drop the ball and appear, even if unintentionally, to be uh, divisive or belittling in any way. Now, I know a lot of people will ride for Kim on this issue, but I just think that, hey, man, you are one of the select few. Not only are you a quarterback in the NFL, you're one of 32. And not only that you're one of those 32, you are one of the top five in visibility. You are a very, very popular person. So what you say has weight. And so you really have to kind of, you know, at the end of the day, it was blown out of proportion. And I think given the climate, people were looking for something else to be mad about other than the NFL and the national anthem. And I think people have Donald Trump fatigue. So uh, it was his week to catch it. I'd like the apology. And I think he can clean this up fine. I think he'll move forward. And it helps that he's playing some great football right now. And I know that's superficial when you think about the larger issues, but at the end of the day, a lot can be forgiven if you are balling out. Um, moving forward in the NFL, man, if the season hadn't, you know, I guess I'm saving the worst for last. If the season hadn't been bad enough for the NFL, look at what has happened Sunday. You lose a couple of faces uh, of the NFL, two of the more popular guys, and really from a PR standpoint, the one guy that you can rally around more than anybody in the entire NFL, J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt goes out for the season, also on that team, Whitney Merciless, tears a peck, and on the same series, he's out for the year. And then you look at Odell Beckham, really a polarizing figure in some ways, but a much beloved, talked about, he's a guy you have to talk about. He's in the discussion Almost in any NFL discussion you have, he's the guy that you want to talk about. And he plays in the media capital of the world. He's out for the year, in addition to Shepard and Brandon Marshall. So you have three of their receivers. And I heard uh, that T.O. jokingly put it out there that he wanted to come to the team. Well, you know, I don't know if you, you if you didn't listen to the local show, you don't know this. But I, for many, many years, I was the biggest T.O. guy. I was a big T.O. guy. And obviously, he's 150 years old. He can't come back. But it would be fun. I think the entire NFL would enjoy that. The Giants are 0-5 on the season. They're going nowhere. Let's have a little fun out of this thing. Let's get a little circus atmosphere. Bring in Ocho Cinco and T.O. and see what else we could dig up. Maybe Jerry Rice for a game. Maybe you can have, a, I don't know, you can have all sorts of a receiver on stilts. Whatever you want to come up with, let's have a little fun in New York. New York, heaven knows that they are going to have a long winter and looking at the, what the New York Knicks have to bring to the table. You have the Jets that are the Jets and the Giants, who were one of the favorites, maybe not the tip-top favorites, but a, a team in the discussion for winning the NFC. Now their season is essentially over, and they have 11 more games left in this season. So it's going to be a long one for all you New York Giants fans, all you New Yorkers. Uh, so why not have a little fun with it? Maybe we can get creative and see what we can do. The real housewives or, or the real house husbands of the New York Giants. We can we can do something. You get creative because there's going to be a lot of bad offensive football. And Eli uh, Manning, uh, he will not be helped out at all. And he was already kind of not having a, a great year with an injured Odell Beckham for periods uh, early on in this season. Now I want to get into the NFL and the national anthem and it just gets worse and it's really, really demoralizing. You have Jerry Jones coming out and saying, my guy's better. 
<laughs> and again, I, my tone is probably not reflective of his, or maybe it is. My guys better not kneel or else they won't play and, and threatening the players and, and really sort of drawing a line in the sand for the players. And then this afternoon, the NFL is uh, they come to Roger Goodell. I think they're on the verge of mandating that players stand for the anthem. And they, uh, Goodell in this memo that he sent to all 32 teams basically says that, hey, uh, this anthem controversy is eroding the unifying power of the NFL. Well, you can be unified as long as you ignore police injustice or don't have a political stance on inequality in America. As long as you can ignore those things, yeah, we can have unity around the NFL. But, you know, obviously Colin Kaepernick is the guy that got this conversation started. It's taking a long, wrong left turn as other people have really taken away from the message of what he was trying to protest and, and taking the argument into an entirely different direction. And I'll have a commentary talking about that uh, coming up in just a little bit. But I just think I don't have a problem with a businessman saying, hey, for my business, this is how we're going to operate. I have a problem with 32 older white billionaires telling really in a in a tone that's very, very uncomfortable what they can do and what they can't do. Now the ball is in the court of the NFLPA. How they how will they handle it? I wish that uh, you know Dak and uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Des Bryant would take a knee just to test old uh, Jerry Jones' resolve in this issue. And, you know, on, in some ways, you wanna you want the the nuclear option on the table where the guys might decide to to walk away and not play for one week. I don't know what would happen then. I, it would be the biggest news in many many years. I mean, I'm talking about. 15, 20 years, this will be a huge, huge story because of the social, financial, and cultural ramifications of what a move like that would mean. But I think the nuclear option should be on the table. And I think that instead of owners mandating these sorts of things, and, and let's face it, a lot of them are Trump friends and Trump supporters, but I think instead of mandating that, if you go to your guys, if you come together, again, the, people don't understand this. Players and owners are partners in this venture called the NFL. Because the NFL's union is not as strong as, say, baseball, and, and even, well, well, I think basketball is even weaker at times, but because they don't have a strong union, we forget that this is a partnership between the players and the owners. And so I think it's important that at some point, I don't know how, when, or what way they can do it, but they have to make these owners realize, wait a minute, we are partners. And if, this, if you want an all-white league, you can give it up. I, I, look, just like Ice Cube had his three-on-three, three, uh, hey, Ice Cube and a couple other folks can get together. And if you want to do that, and again, that's not anything that, that's realistic or e even desirable. But if you want an alternative league and you take away African -American, the African-American workforce in the NFL, we'll see how long the NFL lasts. So uh, I think somebody needs to have some scary talk towards the owners to get them to tone down their rhetoric. But what they see is a lot of players who are uninterested or afraid or unwilling to fight the good fight as it pertains to standing for principle. Now, again, you can't thrust uh, you know your principles or my principles onto these young men, and, and they are young men for the most part. Most of these guys are under 30. A lot of them are under 25. So 
you know, we expect them to show leadership and guide us. But what are we doing to support them? So it'll be interesting to see. I have not heard a statement from Damar Smith, the head of the NFL PA, to see what he has to say about this. But this could be ugly quick. And I don't want a nuclear solution, but I do want a nuclear threat to say, wait a minute. You're not going to talk down to your partners. We're your partners. You are not our owners. You are our partners. Without a workforce, you have nothing. I remember scrub players. And yeah, for a while, we watched those. But now guess what? Fantasy is in the mix. Fantasy football. So that means millions and millions and millions of more dollars pouring into every event uh, as it pertains to in levels of interest and, and people wagering on these games. I don't want to see a nuclear option. Again, I just want to reiterate that. But I do want someone to say, wait a minute, we may walk. We might. Because I, I want the owners to be on the defensive for a while because they're emboldened by the fact that there's a certain segment of, of society and a, and a certain segment of their patrons that resent these African-American players having a brain. And they they have not been shy about being vocal uh, about that so it, it'll be interesting to see what happens but i want to see some legitimate pushback from this because if you stand docile they'll just push even further and they'll control more of the players lives so i think this is important not only for this issue but for negotiations moving forward they have a the, the collective bargaining that'll be going on in i think 2019 they're talking about a work stoppage if we're going to stop it let's threaten to stop it now let's show them how serious this can be because look before when they had to scrub players it worked it's not going to work this time if the players show some kind of resolve again i don't want them to do it but i do want them to empower themselves and show the owners that hey instead of looking at us as your employees uh, and looking at them instead as their corporate partners because they need that workforce these are the best people in the world at their particular skill set and they need to be treated with a little bit more respect than the demand now whether you whether you whatever your rules are your rules but I, the, the tone and the tone deafness of these owners as it pertains to african-american issues which are american issues is is not surprising but it certainly is disappointing with that want to go to a segment we call we the people Essentially what We The People is, is the response to a poll question that I posed. Now, down in this neck of the woods, which is in Texas, and I'm, I suspect in many parts of the country, it's all about the Dallas Cowboys. It's cowboy country. Yeah, you have some some really big-time uh, Houston Texans fans, but outside of the city limits, it's all Dallas Cowboys. For the We The People segment of this episode, I asked people, in light of Jerry Jones' stance on the Dallas Cowboys protesting, how does that affect your support of, for the team? Doesn't change your opinion at all of the team? Are you more likely to support the Cowboys? Or are you less likely to support the Cowboys? Or have you always hated them and will you always hate them? Always have and always will hate them. So uh, basically we got a lot of votes by people who said, hey, 
This does not change my opinion of the team. So that doesn't sway them one way or the other. It doesn't make them any more or less of a Dallas Cowboy fan. And I think people really are hungry to detach the politics from these kinds of conversations. There's something that's been going on for a couple of years now. I've asked people at different times in different forms, does a person's politics, a player or owner's politics, affect your ability to support them? And a lot of people, when asked that question like that, say no. But some people were fervent and say, yes, of course. If somebody supported Trump, I couldn't support them. Or, or I'm just giving that as an example. But, but for the majority of the folks, more than 50% said that that just does not change their opinion of the team. The uh, the other options, <laughs> the, the next best option, people said, I've always hated the Cowboys and always will. And uh, sort of that's where the polls stand. So if you want to get in and vote on that, you certainly can. But uh, it's interesting to see how, you know, uh, this, this is America's team. And I know a lot of African-Americans that love the Cowboys more than any other team. And I mean, I mean, love the Cowboys, uh, uh, just loyal Cowboy fans, even when they were 2-14, and 14, love the team. But does that change now that Jerry Jones is, is stepping into this fray? He tried to take a knee before the anthem. Uh, that fell flat for a lot of people because it was just a publicity stunt. It was just something that he did. But now he's he's looking at the – I think he's looking at the books and saying, wait a minute, we're losing money and the potential to lose a lot more money. We better get these guys to stand for the pledge. And so now he wants to make this threat. Well, don't ever make a threat that you're not willing to follow through with. And that's why I think the players need to at least have some rhetoric – to, to say, hey, you know what? We might test you on this one. So we'll stay tuned for that. And speaking of publicity stunts, uh, Mike Pence goes to an Indianapolis Colts game. And the players, of course, uh, they were playing the 49ers. And the 49ers have been among the most vocal teams in their protesting and the support of Colin Kaepernick and inequality and all the things he protested against. And Pence got there and did the pledge, and then he promptly walked out. Well, he spent about 150000 of America's uh, of our tax dollars dollars to to do this just so he can come out and say i would not stay in a game in which players disrespect the flag which again to that eric reed for the 49ers said look this was this was all pr he knew what we were gonna do before he came he specifically picked us it's no big deal it's just him pandering to his his crowd and, and i believe that it to be the case exactly and not only that Everybody that paid thousands and thousands of dollars for PSLs and season tickets, they're not going to just get up and walk out. Uh, and if they do, hey, it's their money. Uh, but I just think that that was really, really silly. And I think at some point, you know, I have a real big problem with people mandating allegiance. You know who else did that? Fidel Castro, Stalin, you, know, you name it. These people, Saddam Hussein, where allegiance is required or else. We cannot live in a world like that. We cannot. And I'm not comparing. Well, I guess I am comparing Trump to, to those dictators, but just in this sense. In cultures that demand allegiance, they're usually ruled by dictators. That's the point that I'm making. It's a really unsafe thing. I don't like the demanding of allegiance. I think we are free to support the, the national anthem or not. It doesn't make us any less American. But to me, if you want to talk about betraying the country, you can get into all sorts of areas of how we betray our citizens economically by taking jobs away from Americans so you can save money and profit more. And, and you'll exploit another culture and another country and not pay your own workers. Those sorts of things get to be, I won't say treasonous, but those are anti-American. 
Some of the things that happen every day, not paying your taxes, that's un-American. That's saying, hey, I don't want to help make this country better. I don't want to pay my taxes. I want to I want to cheat my I want to find loopholes so I don't have to spend millions and millions of dollars on taxes. Now, people think somehow that this is if you can get away with it, you can. When in reality, what you're doing is you're robbing the country. So let's before we get into the symbolism of the national anthem and the flag, let's get serious about what we're talking about. Okay, let's get really serious about ways that people have betrayed the country when you want to put pollute our water and pollute our air and you want to track and do all of these things to, that you know are harmful to the environment and yet nobody cares about those people being anti-american you worry about somebody kneeling for a flag so we really need to get serious about these kinds of conversations if you pollute our waters knowingly if you do things to, to hurt our children if you put things in food that are not good for our kids if you if you do anything to damage the economy those are people that you question their loyalty to the united states of america not somebody who takes a knee because we want to make this a better country now i know i'm on my soapbox now but i am going to get into my commentary i want to transition into that right now if i could now it's time for me to do something i hadn't done in a while it's a sort of climbing atop the soapbox and giving you a, a commentary oh, to collect my thoughts and i have to tell you it's tough hosting a sports show and podcast these days i mean relatively it's always great to talk about sports and players and games that i've loved since i was a kid add to that i get a chance to interact and have interesting interactions with you guys through calls and tweets and comments what makes sports talk so difficult these days is it's just not very much fun Sports has always been an escape from the realities of everyday life. Sure, the real world has frequently invaded the world of sports throughout history. Usually, those occurrences eventually have favored the athletes, especially African-American athletes, with equality, acceptance, and adulation. In 1938, with the reality of World War II on the distant horizon, Joe Lewis galvanized 70,000 people in Yankee Stadium and millions of Americans around the country who were rooting for a black man against the symbol of Aryan supremacy and Hitler's Nazi Germany. In 1964, Cassius Clay changed his name to Muhammad Ali and joined the Nation of Islam. This divided the country's opinion of him, both black and white. And on April 28, 1967, when he refused to be inducted into the army on religious grounds, he stood alone as the highest profile athlete who did not want to support the Vietnam War. This made many hate him and inflamed the debate on war and race in America. He was stripped of his title and robbed of potentially the best years of what was still a legendary career. John Carlos's and Tommy Smith's raised fists at the 1968 Olympics and Kurt Flood's fight for free agency in baseball in the 70s made all these guys pariahs in some shape, form, or fashion. But as the country progressed and evolved to better understand and move away from racism, all these men were heralded. Muhammad Ali is still widely considered the most beloved athlete in American history. Loved as much for his courage and kindness outside of the ring as for his prowess inside of the ring. But these days, it's different. As it pertains to race in America, the United States took its two steps forward with the election of Barack Obama in 2008. In 2016, we took one step, well, let's face it, 10 steps back 
with the election of a truly despicable man who has been an expert in dividing this country along the lines of race. That in a vacuum would not affect the world of sports, but he came for us. And by us, I mean the world of sports. Now, it's true, Colin Kaepernick lit the social fuse with his silent protest of kneeling during the national anthem of an NFL game. But he was protesting the oppression and police brutality of African Americans in this country. But in an effort to ignore those issues, many people just created new issues to distract from numerous ugly truths about this country. Trump and many people like him made this about the anthem. It's not about the anthem. He knows it. We know it, and even some of his hateful followers know it. But he and others continue to blow the dog whistle that summons racist nationalists who love the idea of this union, but do not love this country enough or willing enough to work to make it a more perfect union. So now, deliberately or serendipitously, he's created a lot of collateral damage. Players and owners and even the NFL ostracized, reporters suspended, sponsors threatening to leave. People that previously liked and supported one another are now sworn enemies. No one is happy and everyone has been forced to choose a side. Owners versus players, owners versus African-Americans, black versus white, and sadly, black versus black. So what am I to do with all of this? Like anyone else, including many of you, I have responsibilities and financial obligations and other ties that prevent me from the type of radical expression that could cost me financially. I am angry about all of this and could choose many destructive ways to let folks know that, but I won't go that route. So what am I supposed to do with this? Many of my listeners are boycotting the NFL and won't again support the league that is blackballing Colin Kaepernick. So what am I supposed to do with this? Many people now and maybe even previously wouldn't and won't listen to me because they assume that I'm a race-baiting radical who wants this country to take care of me from the cradle to the grave and want me to get away from any kind of racial conversation because we are clearly past all this ancient history and we are a post-racial America. So what are you supposed to do? Let Trump and his supporters hijack the NFL from you because he and 32 or so old white billionaires don't care or don't understand the plight of most African Americans, even those who don't throw and catch a football? I do know that the money these young African-American players make is too great and the political climate too divisive for them not to stand up or not to take a knee or to protest or not protest or enter this fight willingly or ignore it altogether. Damned if they do, damned if they don't. So what are they supposed to do? What we can do, and I mean what we truly can do, is pay attention. Get involved somewhere, somehow, with something positive in our communities. We can take back our flag and our patriotism. No one is more American than you, however that looks. Whether you stand, sit, or ignore the national anthem, by definition, you are free to do so in the United States of America. No one is able to take your country from you because you want to make it live up to its promises. Use your time and your money to make this the world that you want. We can't cuss, fuss, fight, or kill our way out of these problems. We can talk and spend our way to a better world. Understanding that we are in this world together and will only ever exist in this world together, we have to come together. Hate will always exist, but it will never win. 
So in that spirit, let's take responsibility with our time, dollars, and cents. You have to understand that in this unruly climate, kindness and understanding has to be taught and reinforced with the rod of finances. The NFL and their broadcast partners and sponsors are businesses, and businesses know no right or wrong. They only know profit or loss. The government these days has lost its way, and it only understands money and, more importantly, elections. Meet these institutions where they are and teach them the only way that they can learn, giving or withholding your time and money. And in the meantime, be nice to your neighbor. Resist the urge to cuss, fuss, and fight. If we are attentive, we can steer this country in the right direction together. Well, that will wrap up the first half of episode 36 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Coming up in part two, we will talk with Thad O, our fantasy football expert. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, and SoundCloud. On the news, bad news is all the news you'll ever see. The rich getting richer while the poor still live in poverty and shame. I don't understand why you can't lend a helping hand to another man who is your brother man. Times must change, now here's the plan. Let's make this land a better land. Step on my foot. And foot. That. You feel a brother's life should be tipped? Don't be ridiculous. Come on and get with this. Movement for improvement. Together we'll get rid of this setback. And in fact, the knowledge that we lack will gain back and retract the steps that we lost back when times were hard. But things are getting better. They said Welcome back to the second half of episode 36 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. A heavy, heavy first half, but I promise you we'll keep it primarily on the field for the second half. Talking now with our fantasy football expert, Thad O. He joins us to talk some fantasy, and you guys have responded so well to this that we wanted to sort of uh, get him to come back from time to time and get us caught up on some fantasy. And I think we will try as much as we can to make this a weekly thing where we can get in and out and talk about some fantasy. We want to, first and foremost, talk a little bit about the injuries. Major, major injuries across the board. I mean, teams will be scrambling for receivers. If you had Brandon Marshall or Odell Beckham or even Shepard for the New York Giants, uh, talk a little bit about, you know, sort of really regrouping from a week like that. I mean, th- look at Houston's defense depleted now uh, without Watt and, and really just impo- as importantly uh, without Whitney Merciless. Uh, talk about these injuries this week. Hey, Devin, how's it going? Uh, thanks again for having me back on. Always enjoy it. I definitely look forward to being here as, as much and often as possible to give your great listening audience yes, they uh, as, much, as much fantasy football advice as possible. You're absolutely absolutely right i don't know if it's because of this last collective bargaining agreement that the nflpa had with the nfl owners that we are seeing a uptick in all of these injuries around the nfl uh it's it appears here that so far 2017 has been the most devastating 
to just NFL teams across the league. Yes, our own Houston Texans right here. I mean, we watched the demise of the defense literally go down. Well, you know, they had the number one defense last year without Watt. But to lose Merciless, and I, I think people get caught up in the Watt phenomenon, and, and he's a remarkable player, and he blows up plays, and he does a lot of things. But I think as important, I mean, you have Brian Cushing out on a 10-game suspension, and you have a Whitney Merciless going down in addition to J.J. Watt. I don't think that they can repeat uh, as the number one. I don't think they'll bounce back to the number one defense in the NFL like they did last year. Are you ready to say, hey, man, we can start picking – uh, offenses that go against the Texans every week, or do you want to wait and see on them? Yeah, I think with any NFL team, you have to wait and see. But right now, what the Texans have shown is that you can score points against them. And, New England um, did. Right. right uh, and I Kansas mean, City, of course, the two, the two best offenses. Well, two of the three best offenses in the NFL. And you're right about that. And the one thing I can say before we do push forward is just the Whitney Merciless injury. Is by far the most damaging injury to the Texans defense. When Watt came back from his back injury, back surgery, I gotta admit he wasn't super Watt. He right. wasn't, you know, garnishing double teams and triple teams. He wasn't doing any of that. He was just a name on right. the team. He, he, and, and he played well. He just wasn't the – I mean, he set such a high standard. I mean, and such an unbelievable standard. It was hard for him to live up to that. And I think – I mean, he's going to, what, seventh season. I think that was going to happen anyway. Right. Uh, But, again, the team adapted well. I don't think that they'll have a replacement for Whitney Merciless, a guy who was really slow to get going in his career and really I thought was very close to being out of here, and yet he resurrected his career and and turned out to be much, much better than even they anticipated when they drafted him highly uh, when he came out of college. And that is the key. Now, we're not going to make this the Houston Texans show. Certainly not. But, but one thing we can say is you can now start all running backs wide receivers <laughs> against the Houston Texans. Well, you might want to do it this week. They had the Cleveland Browns. What's your take on, on that game this week? On, uh, or on Cleveland. I mean, you know. You know, the Cleveland situation is one of those. One thing I can say is everyone, you can drop Isaiah Crowell if you have not dropped him. Uh, Duke I, Johnson be, is a guy that pays off. Duke Johnson has outscored. He's actually outperformed. Just as an NFL standpoint, he's outperformed Isaiah Crowell. Duke Johnson can be started now at least as a as an RB2 in both standard leagues as well as PPR. Well, here's the thing with, with them. Now, Deshaun Kaiser is benched. Hogan came in. He kind of opened it up a little bit. But you know that they'll be dependent on a, a good running game to sort of stabilize themselves uh, until these quarterbacks show that they uh, sort of have have risen to the occasion and are able to play ball. And that's correct. Uh, one thing with Cleveland, uh, they have not had a true wide receiver or tight end to step up yet and say that I'm the guy, you can throw me the ball. The the most consistent position out of, out of Cleveland so far has been Duke Johnson. Now, you know what I think is fascinating about Odell Beckham going down and Brandon Marshall and Shepard on that team? I think what's interesting is that it opens up the possibilities – on your on your pay league, on your your daily leagues on your daily fantasy leagues it opens up the possibilities 
Okay, who do you go with? Obviously, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, A.J. Green. Those are your top guys, but Odell Beckham was one or two in that pecking order. He's gone. Who is the next tier? Is it is it Keenan Allen? Who who? Let's let's look at your receivers. Who are the receivers you're liking this week? Well, to be honest with you, um, just to uh, you know back it up just a little bit. You're right. When you sit back and you say that there was a lot of high expectations for the New York Giants football team offense. Uh, going into the year right. and, and going into week six, it just have not panned out. They have been among the worst. I want to say they're 28th in the NFL and rushing before last week. I mean, they just can't run the football, and that takes away the play action. It take it really, really gets the, the defenders pinning their ears back, ready to come after Eli. It's a it's a tough, tough deal for them. Like I said, they're gonna have to get some free agents off the street, maybe a, a return of Victor Cruz. Uh, but who's the who are your guys that replace Odell Beckham? To be honest with you, you you there's you can't replace Odell Beckham. Well, so as as right. far as far as with the New York Giants offense, I think you'd have to go to the young. Tyler. I think he's probably going to turn out to be the most reliable receiving option. Ingram, right? Ingram, correct. He's going to be the most receiving, um, reliable receiving option for uh, Manning. But then again, there's talk out of New York that it may be time to bench Manning. Which well, I, can't, I, think, I can't really see him doing that because, again, yeah, he's a two-time think, Super Bowl champion. Yeah, and that wouldn't be fair given the fact that he done that. He had Brandon Marshall who hadn't performed well. And, and I think aside from that, you have no running game. I don't think this is on him. I do think you don't pick him anymore this year. No, oh, no. You, you can I don't drop. think you pick anybody with, you, with the exception of maybe Ingram at the tight end position. I wouldn't pick any of the running backs. Uh-huh. You can draw Eli Manning is no longer he, he's not he's not even a starting quarterback in two quarterback leagues. At this point, you can drop Eli Manning <laughs> again. He he's not even rosterable. When, when when I talk about fantasy football, I won't ever tell you. I won't talk about Antonio Brown. I won't talk about Julio Jones. I won't talk about these guys because they are studs. It does not matter who they're playing against. It doesn't matter if they come out on the field with a patch over their eye. You start these guys because they produce. Now, we do know that Antonio Brown um, had the blow up. A couple, weeks, a couple ago, of weeks and ago, rebounded. And rebounded well. And you know what? I picked him for those purposes. I knew that... No matter what Big Ben says, and, and and I want to get into him too, by the way. No matter what ben, Big Ben says about him having a tantrum, you know a receiver that good that has a fit is going to get fed and at least targeted. He was, and despite Ben Roethlisberger having five uh, interceptions, uh, it was a, it was an awful day for him. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, <laughs> Antonio Brown got his numbers. He showed up again, and again, Antonio Brown is a monster. You start him every week. It does not matter who the matchup is. One great thing about this week, they play against the Kansas, the Kansas City Chiefs and that vaunted 5-0 defense. Yeah, you might want to sit him this week. <laughs> I disagree. Well, you I mean, cannot sit Antonio Brown. Yes, I'm saying he's I'm going in, a, to get, in a pay league. I'm talking about in the DraftKings league. Oh, I agree with you. You absolutely right. You can get a better well, bargain, I a, think. In the DraftKings league, it depends if you do the tier, if mm-hmm. you go by and you the do pick- the the, 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 yeah, right. If you do the tier pickums, then I think they may have some better options. But if you do the uh, the pickum classic, 
again, there are other options out there that I would go with. But if you just fantasy football league, and of course, if you drafted Antonio Brown, you drafted him in round one, you play him. Okay. I'm sorry. Even against this defense? Even against this defense. because I like one, that. That's going to be a heck of a matchup between him and Marcus Peters. I think it's going to be a that's gonna great, be fun. I think it's going to be a great NFL game to watch. Yeah. But that, uh, Houston was banged up. At, uh, Justin Houston was banged up at the end of that game. Uh, and uh, Deshaun Watson put up some huge numbers. Who else uh, in the, with your receivers? He, he, like? Here's the thing. Here's my top three wide receivers going into week six. Hello, world. Mr. T.Y. Hilton is back. Now, yes, yes, Mr. T.Y. Hilton is not scoring touchdowns, but here's the thing. He is gobbling of yards and catching balls, and because of the yardage, the amount of targets he's receiving, and he's catching the ball, unlike Dez Bryant and some of these other who, per se, number one wide receivers out there, T.Y. Hilton is showing why he's a stud. Even though he doesn't have his quarterback. He's you know, doing work. He's, he's putting in the work. And, and Jacoby Brissett. To be honest with you, if you're in a two-quarterback lead, Jacoby Brissett should not be on anyone's free agency list in a two-quarterback lead. Jacoby Brissett, he can be on the right. He can be. I'm not going to say let's start him. I'm not going to say, right. you know, I'm all but in on Jacoby Brissett, but he's worthy of a roster spot, especially with all these bye weeks coming in. You can get him on the roster because, again, you know, he's he's showing to be a pretty decent NFL quarterback. And he's a behind, bargain. He's a bargain. And that's the key, especially when you're talking about these daily leagues and DraftKings. He is you can a save money at the quarterback position and invest that in the other positions like your uh, uh, Kareem Hunts and your Antonio Browns, and you can team him with a Julio Jones, and, and you can do all those sorts of things. That is correct. You with surely a team can. Quarterback. Who's your third? Rec- or your, yeah, another my, my other two wide receivers are Chris Hogan. It appears here that Chris Hogan is the most reliable receiver in New England. Now, granted, we did see that Danny Amendola came back from um, from concussion and he played well, but Chris Hogan over the last two weeks. Uh, yeah, him. you know what? <laughs> By the way, New England got me. They got me the other <laughs> night because they didn't say till the game day that Grunt wasn't playing, and I wasn't in position to change my roster. And so I go into the game thinking I got Gronkowski, and he didn't play at all. So thanks, Bill Belichick, for that one. See, and here's the problem with drafting Gronkowski. When Gronkowski is healthy, Gronkowski is a – he's actually a tight – he's actually a wide receiver one when Gronkowski <laughs> is playing. But over the last three or four years, he's been injured so much that this is what you're now going to get from Gronkowski. When he's on – when he's active, he's going to produce – and, but but one thing we know that Bill Belichick does not like the media and he does not like to give out his game plan. Uh, yeah, to but the that was teams. almost criminal what he did because he wasn't on the injury report all week long. I'm going to call the commission on that one. <laughs> Good luck. That, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, Hogan. And, and, and my third wide receiver is Devin Funches. Carolina, Carolina Panthers. Panthers. Listen to me, man. This ex tight end turn wide receiver, 6 4 frame. Ever since the fame, the future Hall of Fame tight end, Greg Olson has gone down in Carolina. Devin Funches has showed up. This is the guy that Cam Newton, if he's not running it himself, he is looking for Devin Funches, for Devin Funches to catch balls. And over the last two weeks, he has increased the amount of targets. He's increased his amount of catches, and he's scoring touchdowns. So if you took him, Funches or Benjamin, who would you take? I'd take Funches. Really? Over Take okay. because if you and, sit and back, would be cheaper too, right? Funches would be a lot cheaper than Calvin Benjamin. Right. And here's the thing, Calvin Benjamin 
is the de facto number one. He's going to always garner more attention. And so far right now, Devin Funches is showing up. He's so those new receivers, I'm going to tell you who I'm jumping off of. Talk to I'm going to jump off of Stephon Diggs. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna step off Stephon him. Stephon Diggs while. is dealing with the ground injury right now. Right, and and again, and then you have uncertainty at quarterback. You had Bradford come in last night, aggravated that knee injury. I guess it'll be Case. Although a feeling I would still stick with because we saw that McKinnon got off last night, but Latavius Murray is a guy who I picked. Who didn't get as much work? It wasn't as successful, and, and he looked good. To be honest, uh, Latavius Murray, that is. Uh, but yes, uh, McKinney was the fact, one that got off. McKinney is the uh, ad of the week. Mm-hmm. If you're going to add death to your um, roster, you know, heading toward the, you know, going into the midpoint of the fantasy football season. You have to go out and put a waiver claim in for uh, McKinnon. Mm, okay. Now, uh, let's go to your running back position. Oh, My yeah. running back position, C.J. Anderson, fresh off of the bye. C.J. Anderson has been solid all year long. I think this was some good rest for him. And he's coming back now to face a banged-up New York Giants. I think one of the good things about it, we know that uh, the Broncos' defense is going to uh, shut, down. shut down the New York Giants. And so they'll have a big lead at some point, you suspect. At some and then point, I suspect, I, I think it's going to be, because C.J. Anderson has been solid. Now, one thing we do know is that Jamal um, Charles has been still in touches. But, which I like but, him, too. Just which, inconsistent enough in the amount of touches. But I like what he's to done. To be honest with you, both of these guys should get a start this week, and especially in a daily fantasy football league. That's a good, I, I would I like throw a that. shot at both of these guys. Um, I, I would like. I would pick one. Or, I don't know if I would go with both, but I, I you know, I did that this week with with Chicago with uh, Tariq Cohen and uh, and OJ Howard. I, I did that, and it didn't work out for me. No, at all. no, no, it, no. It didn't work out because again, you had to sit back and think about the matchup itself. Minnesota Vikings defense is solid. You have to understand that. Right. And um, uh, matter of fact, and I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, one thing that. I have in the first week that you and I that you invited me onto the show and we right. talked about this. I told you a wide receiver to add Kendall to your Wright. bench, Kendall Wright. And Why, one what thing, did he do? Last, he didn't have a lot last night. Kendall girl. Wright. No, he did not have a lot. But one thing we can say is that's who the quarterback was looking for. Trubisky was looking for Kendall Wright. All of the major significant catches. That was done by a wide receiver was Kendall Wright. And who do you, who else do you have at running back? Uh, at running back, Doug Martin. Doug Martin came in. He's fresh. He's ready. He is a new man. Okay. Um, and one thing that we know is uh, they down there in Tampa Bay. One thing they want to do is they want to have a balanced attack. And Jaquiz Rogers had his turn. Uh, Charles Sims, these guys didn't do much, but it seemed like once uh, Doug Martin came back into the game, uh, it see you can see that he's spry, he's ready, focused on the NFL, and he's focused on his team, and he's doing an excellent job. So I bet my money on Doug Martin. Okay, and who you got number three? The next person is Aaron Jones. Okay. Surprising Aaron Jones. Nobody's seen this one coming. But, but Montgomery, when when will he be back, Ty Montgomery? You know what? There's no timetable. Again, they saying that he's questionable. Again, with multiple broken ribs. But one thing we know about Aaron Rodgers, as much as he throws the ball, when Aaron Rodgers gets into the red zone, he really prefers to hand the ball off. This is one of the reasons why Ty Montgomery was such a, uh, a huge pickup this year in fantasy football because of all the success and all the touchdowns he had last year. Uh, Aaron Jones played well last week. 
Aaron Jones appears to be, well, actually, he's like the only running back <laughs> they have on the roster, but we know this is a team that they pass first. However, when they get in the red zone, they would actually prefer to run it. And then one thing we know is um, Jordan Nelson, their touchdown leader, hamstring issues again towards the end of the game this past week. So that's bench something that— Bench him on the bench, possibly. Absolutely. That's something, and again, it's Jordan Nelson's a stud. I mean, you definitely want to monitor. You want to monitor what's going out and what's being said about him. If by any chance he's out. You want to know that ahead of time. You want to know that ahead of time, right? But if he's questionable, if Jordan Nelson gets out there on the field, unfortunately, you have to start him because Jordan Nelson is a producer. All right, real quick, want to ask you, the day Adrian Peterson traded to the Arizona Cardinals, uh, do you fool with him yet or do you wait and see? Uh, uh, would you jump on him right away? Uh, and maybe as a bargain in the daily league. Uh, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I would stay away from him right now in the daily league. With Adrian, with Adrian Peterson, again, this is a new team. Um, the only people who really win from this, Kamara, the running backs. The running and backs Ingram team, in New Orleans. In New Orleans. That's the only people who win. As far as with Adrian Peterson, if you have the opportunity, which I don't, I don't see Adrian Peterson being in the free agency pool, you could maybe try a trade offer with somebody. I wouldn't give up too much, but I think the owner that has him, you should keep him. Wait and right. see. Let's let's see, what see what's yeah. Let's see what he happens. Has, he's a Hall of Famer for sure. He's a future Hall of Famer. He's thirty two years old. But then again, Arizona Cardinals offensive line really haven't been playing that well. Okay, so now what about quarterbacks? Now you got uh, we've done the running backs, we did the wide receivers. Uh, any, what do you want to do? Tight ends, quarterbacks. Which you want to want to talk about first? You know what? Let's run through tight ends. I'm saving quarterbacks for last. Ed Dixon. Ed Dixon has showed up also in Carolina. Ed Dixon has replaced Greg Olson. He's been consistent. Now, he isn't scoring the touchdowns because Devin Funches is, but Ed Dixon is gaining the yardage that Greg Olson would normally do as that safety blanket for Cam Newton. Who's, who's starting to open up things a little bit more? Who Ka- else you got to take? Cam Newton's shaking off. Cameron Brake. Cameron Brake acts down there in Tampa Bay. Cameron Brake in Tampa Bay. Absolutely. Cameron Brayton and Tampa Bay. Most people was on the O.J. Howard bandwagon. But, again, O.J. Howard looks good. But Cameron Brayton is the one who Jameson actually trusts. Last tight end is Austin Safarian Jenkins, the ex-Tampa Bay right, Buccaneer, right, right. who's now a part of the New York uh, J-E-T-S Jets football. The Jets, what identity do they have? I, I mean, they, and, and I don't know if people watch them enough to even <laughs> care enough. I want to ask you about hey, uh, Ebron in Detroit let a lot of people down, including he yours did. truly. Fells had a couple touchdowns uh, in sort of relief or uh, in addition to him a tight end. Is he a play for you in, in, in no, Detroit? No. You Gordon, think it'll be Ebron? Yeah, well, actually, to be honest with you, I would stay away from both of those guys. Uh, one thing we know what was making Matthew Stafford successful so far this year is the fact that he's spreading the ball. And okay. I'm glad yeah, you yeah, let's, yeah, let's get to Matthew Stafford because Matthew Stafford is my start of the week. Yeah, I, you he, have Matthew I had him Stafford, last week and he let me down, but Of go ahead. course he let you down last week because look who he played last week. This week is redemption. Okay. Matthew Stafford should be your quarterback in everyone in every daily league. Okay. Okay. And, and, and I'll, I'll go with that. Who else? Yeah. Uh, that quarterback. After Matthew Stafford would have to be Alex Smith. 
Uh, of course. Alex Smith is no longer game manager Alex Smith. You right. know me, I'm a diehard San Francisco 49ers fan. Alex Smith is a new man. Okay. Alex and Smith. With a great running game. With a great running weapons, game. Travis all the weapons. He have a coach that understands him and believes in him. How do you lose Smith, Conley this week with a, a Achilles? You, you, use, you, you lose Conley. And, and again. You have Albert Wilson. and You have Albert Wilson. You have, have Tariq Hill. Right. You have people that are stepping up. Uh, Alex Smith, go out and get him Alex Smith actually can be played as a uh, as a quarterback a streaming quarterback and finally your, your final quarterback my final quarterback is Houston's own Deshaun Watson, Watson. <laughs> against Cleveland that might be the play of the week there I, I mean I, I don't know Deshaun Watson is this guy is incredible now don't get me wrong it's been garbage time look at some of the teams he's been playing against he's been playing from behind but the thing of it is is well this week he played this from week this yeah. week he played from behind we know that what happened when they played against New England a lot of people felt like they should have won the game but again you can't bet against Tom Brady right. just ask the um the Atlanta Falcons now give me your matchups to, to look for uh just in, in, on the schedule I think you said you want to look at some Texans versus Cleveland and then you want to look at some uh, the opponents of the New York Giants this week, right? I don't think it's going to the New York Giants and Broncos going to be a good game because I actually think it's going to be too one-sided. Uh, but it might I think be the, good for a guy like C.J. Anderson like you mentioned earlier. It will be great for C.J. Anderson. Um, this Thursday night we have the uh, Eagles versus the Panthers. I would actually stay away from those two defenses. Which, but if I had to choose a defense to play in that league, I, it would probably be the Eagles. Only because the Eagles have been consistent. Now, don't get me wrong; the Panthers have been doing a really good job. But I think I would stay. I think it's going to be a really good game. I would actually stay away from both of those defenses. Uh, another good game that I'm looking forward to seeing is the Lions and Saints. Lions I, and Saints. I really want to see how many points are they going to, or how many points are they going to throw up. <clears throat> in this game another good game and I'm going to say this is probably the last good game that, I, that I'm that i actually looking forward to seeing is the uh, San Francisco 49ers versus the Redskins I know it's an early game and the the implications on that is that West Coast teams don't travel well West Coast teams but don't we travel well with San Diego last week and one thing I can say about the 49ers is you know they're 0-5 but they lost the last two weeks in overtime yeah, you know, so it's been some really good games, some close games. Will the Redskins be the team that they finally get a win on? Uh, <laughs> Traveling uh. to the Red, you know, after coming off of a bye. Yeah, so, so. I, I think those gonna be some really good games to watch as far as for the week. Well, hey, want to thank you, and we look forward to as always to visiting with you. And when we get you up and running on the, on your Twitter account, we certainly will put that out there. Most definitely. Thank you again for having me, and good luck to everybody this week with the fans. Yeah, go make leagues. some money out there. We're well, they're going to wrap up this edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. But before I let go, before I let go, I want to thank you guys from all over the country. I want to remind you to please, please comment, like, and subscribe to the podcast. Keep spreading the word wherever you are. If you're in Louisiana, if you're in Arkansas, Alabama, Virginia, California, wherever, please spread the word, share uh, the information that you've heard here, talk about us. I think that we've uh, done enough uh, throughout 36 episodes to provide a little water cooler talk, but we certainly appreciate you tuning in. And again, on iTunes, SoundCloud, tune in, uh, Overcast, all sorts of ways you can find us. Just Google us and uh, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast, and you will be sure 
to find it and share it with your friends. You can tweet me at Wade's Word. In addition to that, you can find me on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook and on Instagram. Sports Talk with D Wade. Looking forward to coming to you guys before next week. So we're looking for another episode this weekend. And until next time, as always, have a great day. We'll be right back. 